0: And welcome to Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Mike Yozipovich. Hello. And today we're going to cover a couple different topics. Uh, we reached out on Twitter to see what some of you guys wanted to, to hear about before the Combine. We figured we'd hold off on the rookie talks until the Combine. I mean, you think that's a good idea, Mike?
1: Yeah, I do. I think I mean, you'll have a better assessment of some. I mean, I, obviously, I think we all know the, the top guys, yes. maybe not necessarily like nailed down, uh, numbered, like, rankings per se, but for some of the the deeper sleepers, which that's what people want to know, I think we should wait till after
0: the combine. Because the combine changes everything. You do the combine, and then from the combine to the draft, it's pretty much in a standstill, because your rankings are going to change drastically. And because we were talking before the show and saying, you know, with our rookie rankings, we're going to have our, an, I'm going to have my initial dynasty rookie rankings up pre-combine here coming next week, early next week. And, but from there until the draft, I mean, after you watch the tape and everything, a lot doesn't change until the draft.
1: The only thing that changes is the, the, the smoke screens that, uh, that the teams put out and the media's, the media bites up and, you know, or eats up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like guys rise and fall based on how the teams leak in, yeah, leak information to the and, media. And
0: nothing yeah. matters because what changes all dynasty rookie rankings no matter what? the NFL draft. Right. So all the rankings now are nice to have up there to give you an idea of who's out there. And it's always good. What I like to do is I like to see the initial dynasty rankings now. And like, I, I like to ha- like maybe have that saved somewhere. And then I like to look at the dynasty rankings after the NFL draft, you know, because I want to see why this player here, this player here, somebody like Isaiah Correll is a good example. Okay. Was, like he was one of the top running backs right here. Before, and if you go by this rule, and Isaiah Carell is like a really good example, but so Isaiah Carell last year at this time was one of the top running backs taken in dynasty rookie mock drafts. He was a first round pick, consensus, one of the best backs to come out. After the NFL draft hits, all of a sudden he's fallen down to late second, third round in rookie drafts. Now if you do this where you look if you if you look at this and you say, Hey, okay, in February before the combine you know, the combine and NFL draft, this guy was ranked really high. But now he's going, like, third round. He's like, so why is this, you know, from first round to third round, is it just because he went on draft and got signed by the Browns? Well, now he's in a good position. Okay, I'll take him in the second round, which would have been a good second round pick in hindsight. Well, late second round pick right right around there. But I always like to assess before and after.
1: Well, and it all changes depending on what team you go to, where you get drafted, what kind of value the team, you know, an NFL team
0: Absolutely. puts into you. So it's, again, it's, the, the rankings now, and everybody has their rankings up. Rookie rankings up. That's that's fine and Danny, but it all changes. Drastically yeah, it's cool. It looks fun, afterwards. but
1: it's not like anything you I would take to heart. Gives you kind of an idea.
0: No, yeah. I mean, Amari Cooper is the number one receiver now. Amari Cooper goes to the Jets, and all of a sudden, Devontae Parker goes somewhere, you know, indie, you know, somewhere sweet like that. Yeah. And who's number one?
1: Right. Exactly. I'm
0: taking Devontae Parker. Right. So everything changes, but it's good. It's good. It's, it's talk. It's fun thing to talk about. What else we have to talk about in the off season? Rookies, rookies,
1: rookies, baby. That's it.
0: But I got some here. I got some other stuff we could talk about here. Okay. Let's get into, I had a question about valuing old players. So let's consider old players 30 and over.
1: That's kind of the magic number in the NFL. Yeah. Outside of QBs, QBs got a little longer shelf life. But running backs. Bar well, re- and yeah, QBs. Yeah, QBs are
0: kind of out of the spectrum. Because even somebody like Peyton Manning, who's 38, mm-hmm. still has value. In, right. And it's about, I mean, he's one of the few, but he still has value.
1: Right, even like Drew Brees, 35, has value. Absolutely. Like, good value.
0: So quarterbacks are excluded from this conversation. I mean, if you want to trade Peyton Manning because you know he has one year left, yeah, but, I mean, lower your expectations. But at least a quarterback, you can kind of still get, you probably get a second-round pick for Peyton Manning still. Yeah, for one year that's a good that's a good one year rental. I
1: mean, that's a good rental for a team that's a quarterback away from winning a championship.
0: Absolutely, and that, and again, that's why we always talk about quarterbacks' value being so low. One, they're around forever. So once you get one, you could have one for fifteen years, which is a, might as well be infinity in the fantasy football world. I mean, if you had Peyton Manning back in nineteen ninety eight, uh, coming well, obviously it didn't help you ninety eight, but just imagine if you had Peyton Manning from two thousand until now. That's fifteen years of fantasy.
1: I mean, 15 might be a stretch for most, but most. like, yeah, you know, I mean, you're getting over five years, five to 10 years of solid production.
0: And I mean, here, here's a good example for the Dynasty Nerds League, the initial startup draft. I've had, I've had Drew Brees on my roster for 12 years. Pretty sweet. He's been my starting quarterback on my fantasy team and my Dynasty team, our Dynasty Nerds, for 12 years straight, which is great because it puts me, it's always put me in a position not to ever worry about drafting the quarterback. You know, exactly. I, I pick one up uh, off the waiver wire, and then I've drafted over the years. Then on the road, you, you guys, like, I have Tannehill, I have Dalton, and I've always had a couple of scragglers here and there.
1: Oh, yeah, it's, I think most rosters are like but that in deep got, leagues.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, like right now, if you're an Andrew Luck owner, it oh, you're, helps no. you so much more in the draft, too, because you don't have to worry about quarterback, you know, because every time you take a quarterback, you're somewhat, you're never reaching because it's too, they always drop.
1: Well, that's why I think in, in, like, startup dynasty leagues, I think Luck and, you know, Aaron Rodgers are rated are ranked too low, I feel like. You don't have to worry about that, man. I can
0: argue both ways. I, right. understand, I understand the point, too. It's just...
1: You don't worry about it. I mean, you, and you're not missing on QB. You're not missing on that position. But
0: you're missing out on a good young stud receiver.
1: Right, but I feel like you could replace or find someone that's playable a little bit easier than at a QB.
0: Or you can go back and just take a Matt Ryan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, I mean, we'll, yeah, I, I, told you, you both, can argue, we argue this all right, day. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it, we have before, you know? Right. Um, but old players talking about old players and how to value old players. Well, the big thing here is old players, as we know is dynasty players. And if you're a new dynasty player, hold very little value, very little value. Um, I mean, try shopping right now, Frank Gore. What are you gonna get? Nothing,
1: yeah, not I mean, he has almost
0: zero percent value, right Because uh, we don't even know where he's where he's in play next year if he's going to play.
1: what type of role he's gonna have, probably
0: and another name is you know Andre Johnson, he'll be thirty four and you know and the big thing about some of these old players, some people just think like they're old they're done. Andre Johnson had a good year last year, yeah, he just didn't score didn't have the touchdowns. Which is everything, and
1: that's something you can't kind of you can't count on either way. If a guy has, you know, fifteen rushing touchdowns, do you expect him to have fifteen rushing touchdowns next year? Eh, probably not, you know. But he still had nine hundred thirty-six yards and eighty-five receptions, so he's definitely still producing. Wide receiver, too, right? So, I mean, to me, he's somebody. If your team's not good and you have him, you try to sell. Yeah. If you're, you know, looking for. a fill-in wide receiver. could be someone if you're a decent team, you know, and you want to solidify your team. You always need savvy veterans on your team. Yeah,
0: always. You always want to have a good mix. And Houston
1: seems like they're trending upwards if they can square away their quarterback position. Yeah,
0: for sure. And definitely bring like a Brian Hoyer in or somebody that's competent. Right. And it's going to help everybody there. I mean, they have a good football. You know, DeAndre Hopkins took another step forward this year. Right. So you have Andre Johnson, DeAndre. I, I like Andre as a number two.
1: Right. But, I mean, through the last three years, I mean, granted, now he's getting older, but 112 receptions, 109, and then 85. I mean, that, that's still pretty darn good.
0: Yeah. And if you're selling, you have to use those points as arguments. You have to say, hey, you know, if somebody comes at you be like, hey, Andre Johnson's 33, man, I can't I can't give you that second round pick. You're like, yeah, well, he may be 33. But he's Andre Johnson. He's still catching eighty-five balls. Right. Who do you have catching eighty-five balls, buddy?
1: And yeah, exactly. And you're you know a receiver away from competing. Obviously, no middle. If you're a you know a middle of the road team, you're not going to be going after Andre Johnson. But we're talking. We're speaking to the teams that are a player away, or or teams that are in rebuild mode.
0: Yeah. So you know this all ties into something else I want to talk about, like just assessing your overall team. Mm -hmm. That was one of the questions too and assessing your team to see if you're a championship. I mean, so many people in Dynasty Fantasy Football, what I see is people overvalue and wait too long on their players. And this is, at the same time, this is one of the fun parts about Dynasty because when you draft somebody, you believe in them. You're you're one of their biggest fans. Everybody
1: always overvalues their own player. Yeah,
0: like Cordero Patterson. Next year he's going to break out, man. I ain't selling him. Right, or like
1: all the people that have like Charles Johnson or, you know what I mean? Like that... They're, they're thinking he's going to be the next big thing. Unless I like Charles Johnson. Right. All right. But let's be, let's be realistic about it. Like, there's, if you have him, you think he's going to be the next superstar. But in reality, Minnesota probably addressed their wide receiver position, and he's just going to be an average player.
0: We'll see. I'm, I'm, I trend up a little bit on on Charles Johnson. I, I see your point. But here's, here's, this is a good argument here because you see him as an average player. I see him as being a slightly above average because Teddy got better. Charles came in right so but But I think that's the
1: product of getting to play more
0: it's being forced to ball I mean there's I want to use somebody as an example there who was in that situation was in uh, Atlanta maybe I can't remember but somebody same thing they had a really good year but there was nobody else around Mm -hmm. and after that he never did anything ever again
1: am I Harry Douglas
0: Uh, not Harry Again, Harry Douglas, to me, has, like, zero... His only I just
1: But he had that, like, one kind of, like, quasi-decent year, like a year or two ago. Yeah,
0: and maybe that was him. I don't... Who knows? Right. I'm getting old. My mind's slipping. Right. got a bad case of the brains sometimes. I forget things. But maybe it was Harry Douglas, you know?
1: Yeah, you know, while we were just talking there, I pulled up his stats. It was 2013. He had 85 catches for 1,067 yards. So it was him. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, but players like that, they have, like, that one good year. And you're like, oh, he's going to be sweet forever now. No. Right. It's just you got to look at the player situation. But, again, when you draft somebody and you're waiting for them to pan out, I mean, you got to sometimes you just have to be realistic with your team. So assessing your team and looking at it, how many older players do you have? How many younger players do you have? How many players do you need to win a championship? Is it more than two? Is it? Is it more than two when you have a lot of old players? Because you have, you have to also look at age. This is where age comes important, too, because if you're two years away and then your team's a little bit older, you know what? That's the, that's the key moment. This, this is where if you are honest with yourself and assess your team correctly, you can blow up your team and get the most bang for your buck. Because say you have somebody maybe going to, like, last year, like a Roddy White who's older but still has good value, who's old, You can get something for him instead of just trying to say, oh, I I have Roddy White on my team. I can compete. I have Roddy White, Andre Johnson. Take your team, anybody that's pretty much over the age of like 26, sell them all, and rebuild, gain draft picks, gain prospects. Uh, Because sometimes you're sitting here, you're waiting on these younger guys to pan out, and then all of a sudden you wait for these young guys to pan out. And then when they finally do, all the the good talent you had that was older is now too old to help you out. So now you're in the same situation you were before. It's an endless cycle of doing it where we talked about before you have a good balance on your team of youth and old. It constantly keeps.
1: Well, so you stay in the mix.
0: Yeah. Updating your roster. I mean, if you constantly. have nothing
1: but, you know, young guys that have potential, well, that's all that they may have is potential. One or two might pan out and the rest turn out to be duds. You need to have those savvy veterans to keep your team afloat, at least. So you're trending in the middle. You want to make the playoffs. Cause once you make the playoffs,
0: anything is possible. Anything's
1: possible. So you need both.
0: And it's a key, too, because it's a good idea to think, oh, I'll just do all, I'll trade all for four rookie pick, you know, four first-round picks. I have four first-round picks.
1: Right, and two of those are going to be busts
0: Or just average players. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, how many teams do you see, like, all of a sudden they have two years and eight rookie first first-round rookie picks, and then they all pan out to be superstars, and then you actually do have this true dynasty that wins six dynasty championships in a row. I mean, that's, that's our dream, of course. That's I the, I've dreamt about it. That's the dream. But it doesn't work out that doesn't way. It doesn't work out that way. We'll still way, man. draft those guys that turn out to be duds.
1: Everyone does, man. So you need. And and you need there's good nothing balance. you can do about it, man, because no, no matter what, like guys like Surefire guys, Trent Richardson, they're busts, man. You know, the, like, no matter. Everybody will say, hey, you got to get this guy. He's awesome. Yeah. Everyone will endorse a guy. And, and it, it just happens, man.
0: And just like now, like, I love Todd Gurley. He's a once every couple of years kind of player. And I can say you need him. If you want to start something, you build off of him. You know, you take Todd Gurley for sure. Right. Then he comes out. He plays one year, looks sweet and gets hurt like David Wilson. Yeah. You know? Right. Gets hurt. His knees tore up. And now he's all of a sudden Marcus Lattimore. Right, and he can't play anymore. And you're like, oh, or I told-
1: Jonathan Franklin, you sh- and he's you should have taken Amari
0: Cooper because he had a Tory Cell. You just don't know, man. You, you don't you, know. You know. We're not mind readers. You always got to put yourself in the b- best position to win.
1: I feel like you know, I maybe just just me, but I feel like hey, the top guys kind of speak for themselves. Everyone endorses the top guys. I think you know a job, or at least what I at least try to provide is those those diamonds in the rough, man. Rounds the three, three four, and five six whatever you know depending on deeper draft is that you might not necessarily know about these guys and granted they might not pan out but we're trying to provide you with the best information and you can make the best educated pick and hopefully that, fits that your team the best right and then, will they all work no but at least you're making a a legit pick
0: and then when you do and when you do the you put in the time you increase your odds of hitting find right. those john browns right you know incre- you know the more information you can gather from everybody and do your own assessment, you can find those guys. So, you know what? Hey, those guys at Dynasty Nerds, they really like John Brown. Those guys over there at UTH and uh, Dynasty DLF, they like this guy and this guy. So I hear all these arguments, but they all, you know what? They all kind of like this guy. Right. So maybe that's the safest bet. You know, it's not just yeah, using it's making us. your it's,
1: best educated opinion yes. or best educated guess.
0: And because those later on picks, are, that's where like... The first round, you should just take best player available. I mean, you really should. Exactly. But then if you're going to start reaching ever, you know, when you start reaching, it's like the second, late second round, third round, because the difference between somebody like with a late second, early third, it's not that much of a difference. You know? Right. We but, might have a rank there, but it's not like it's a mile away where Todd Gurley's is a mile away from Tevin Coleman, you know?
1: Or, or you want to find, you want to find guys like Andre Ellington ty hilton i mean those are just guys i'm saying because personally i drafted those guys later and i know that they were available in later Mm -hmm. drafts and those will quickly turn around your teams versus getting the guy in the first round that's a stud because that's more you You need him to be good you need him to be good the guys in like the fourth and fifth round you're not you're not necessarily looking for them to be good you just want a contributor but if you nail the stud then, boom, your team turns around that much quicker.
0: And same thing, too, like when you're trading, like if you're, if you're competing, right, and you know this team is getting ready to blow it up. When you're getting ready to blow up, teams want first-round picks. They don't want your second-round picks. They don't want your third-round picks. I hate when people say, hey, what do you think about giving these two-thirds for this guy? To me, like, yeah, a third-round pick, it's It's nothing. It's nothing. I mean, yeah. it's something because there's going to be a couple of good players that do come out of that third-round pick. But if you're in a 12-man league, you'll say, like, three good guys come out of you know, that, which is good. They're good out of right. the third that's, round. That's
1: probably legitimate.
0: So you're talking about 25% chance hit rate on one of those picks. Right. If, that's, if you're one of those guys. Um, and those guys usually just turn out to be, like, good, not really great. Like, one of those guys every so often might be great. Yeah. But for, so first-round picks are completely overvalued but for a purpose because you need those first-round picks to rebuild because that's the only way to get that top talent. But at the same time, somebody, like, they'll see something like, hey, I'll give you – I'm trying to think here. Like, I'll give you a good – I'm trying to think of a good – like, who's a good receiver? Like, that's not too old. Like –
1: How old are you talking?
0: uh, Like 28. Jordy Nelson.
1: Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson. Let's
0: see, those guys would for sure take first-rounders. But even somebody, like, if you're – Here's my point. I guess because, I don't know where
1: you're going for him. That's either. why. Okay.
0: I'm trying to think of a right name, but I can't really think of it. Uh, I think Eric Decker would be kind of close to that if they get a, qu- a better quarterback situation. Like, he's somebody. they like you like, there's no way I could put first-round pick for Eric Decker, which I wouldn't either. No. But if, if you just fu- kind of follow where I'm going here is okay. you've, you're, you can compete, all right? And you, you're like, you need that receiver. But you're like, man, this first-round pick is way too valuable. But you need that receiver. And somebody's like, Hey, I'll give you um Jeremy Macklin. That there, you know, Jeremy Macklin wide receiver one number It's like, Hey, I'll give you Jeremy Macklin for your first and your third. I'm about to blow this whole thing up, you know? Yeah. And you're like, Oh man, no. Well, the odds of your first round pick turning into Jeremy Macklin fifty fifty at best.
1: Right. You hope that your first round pick turns into yeah. Jeremy Macklin. Or I
0: some, have I,
1: I or, I'll tell you what, I have Scenario running back that happened in my other league. I had Alfred Morris, and a dude was offering me a second round pick for him, and I was like, "Dude, I'm not trading Alfred Morris for a second round pick because it has to be a first because I mean, granted, like at the time I traded him, RG three wasn't playing and he was looking, you know, down, but it's like I. I hope in the second round, if I got a dude that was as good as Alfred Morris in the second round, I'd be pumped. Exactly. So I was like, if you want him, you're going to have to overpay because you want him. You're trying to make a run at the playoffs. I want a first round pick. This is how it has to be. You it does have I mean? to be
0: that way. And you're right at that assessment too, because here's the, and when I say we, how we overvalue our first round picks, they're, they're necessary. They're necessary. And they do—their value is really high because you do have the opportunity to get the next Des Bryant, the next A.J. Green. And at the same time, that's why they're overvalued because everybody thinks that the guy that they're getting is going to be the next Des Bryant, A.J. Green. And there's only like six of those guys in the entire fantasy world as there A- is. Exactly. In, action, in, in reality. So odds of you just getting like—so if you do your startup draft, there's like seven of those guys, right? Like seven, eight of those guys that are mm-hmm. really elite. Right. And that's from you're talking from the last six seven years of drafts,
1: right? So in my me- so there's Alfred- only one
0: guy a year usually,
1: right? So like in my Alfred Morris scenario, it's like hey, you're you're getting a guy, you're getting production right away from a guy that's going to help you try to make the playoffs. Me, I need you have to give me that first because the second's definitely not equal value, and the first round pick. it my best case scenario probably is that, Hey, I get a guy that equals Alfred Morris's production, yeah. but the position that I was in, I'm willing to roll the dice and hope that I get the guy. Sean McCoy. Exactly. So, and, 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 and I could totally miss and I could get, I could get a Trent Richardson ask bust. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I'm willing to roll the dice. Cause I feel like at the end of the day, I'll probably end up with a back. That's probably pretty damn similar to Alfred Morris and it's a wash, you know, at the end of the day, but I'll take the youth because the youth. I need, right. And he needs the immediate impact. And that's that's, I, that's, that's basically, I think that to me, sounds like similar to what you're trying to explain at the wide receiver position. Yeah.
0: I guess, I mean, it's always easier at running back And again. See, like every, I go back to this, like our podcast last week or the week before that, where I think every, I think Alfred Morris is a great by low candidate. Yeah. It was last week because. Everybody values Alfred Morris as trash for a guy that's never run over a 1,000 yards, never missed a game. Uh, here's some Alfred Morris news, too. That's pretty good. Bill Callahan is now the offensive line coach, who's probably arguably the best offensive line coach in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this is what we did with Dallas' offensive line last year. Right. Now he's in Washington. So that's going to help Alfred Morris, too. Again, I'm just, I just, again, I think he's just like, he's a really good, solid running back, too, that's undervalued. Right. So he, I'm buying him, but.
1: I was just in the position to make moves and, you know, whatever the case may be. So, but yeah, he's definitely, and he's an acquirable talent, I feel like, because Uh, he's always on the table for
0: Alfred Morris (laughs) owner. He's on the table. I guarantee that. Right. So back to the first round picks where again, like you at the same time. So say, Hey, I have to take a receiver here because he's the best player available. Well, you know, honestly, you know, besides like last year's like miracle, the best wide receiver class ever. The odds of you even getting production out of those rookies that you take in the first round aren't very high. I mean, barring their running backs, but even not every running back just comes out and busts out for 1,400 yards. Yeah, I
1: mean, t- typically, generally, you know, whatever the word you want to use, typically speaking, it, t- it takes a little bit for the r- rookies to ramp you know, up. A couple yeah, of years. Yeah.
0: So you're waiting anyways. Where you, If you're competing, you're getting immediate help. All right. So, again... First round picks are very valuable, but sometimes you have to use those first round picks to get the talent that you really want. And even if you're kind of like, if you feel like you're overpaying because you gave up a first round pick, which a lot of ti- like a lot of times, it's easy to say, "Hey, I'm overpaying. I gave up a first round pick for him." Remember, the guy with the pick is taking all the gamble. You're like you're getting a for sure thing. You're getting somebody that can kind of help your team right away. Uh, where they're taking all the gamble because they have to make that draft pick. They have to sit on that draft pick. They got to wait to see if he pans out. And if you get a for sure thing, then you're set. Right. Like I did it, I traded Jordy Nelson for the number two overall pick a couple of years ago. Okay. To get uh, Monty Ball. Did it work out? No. But I thought at the same time that if it did pan out, that'd be fair value because obviously I made the trade thinking it was going to pan out.
1: And you needed a running back, right? And I
0: needed a running back. I didn't need Jordy Nelson at the time.
1: This, this but is now, you, you now you always need Jordy Nelson. You always
0: need Jordy. Yeah. Right. Obviously, I, if I can go back in time, I would never, ever possibly do that. Draft. Right. Um, but then at the same time, here's another thing. But at the same time, that same exact year of that draft, I traded Frank Gore. This is a couple of years ago. I traded Frank Gore because a person was making a run. They, they said, hey, I'll give you my first. It backfired. This was Matt, right? This was Matt. Yeah. Matt. yeah. It backfired. He had a horrible year. Mm-hmm. Ended up with the fourth pick. I got Le'Veon Bell. So two completely right different scenarios here. I gave up scenarios. Jeremy Nelson for Monte Ball. Horrible trade. F. Same exact trade year I gave up Frank Gore for Le'Veon Bell.
1: And in theory, that trade should have worked for both you guys because with the position Matt was in. And he needed
0: just, a, he was one running back away. He was a
1: running back away. It just didn't work it out. Didn't
0: work out for him. And it was just one of those years, like, you know, everybody has those fancy years where you'll finish, like, third or second in fantasy points, but you then you finish lose. seven points. Yeah, like, he was lose. that
1: back away because I remember talking to him about it. I'm like, that's a pretty fair deal just because, like, you know, granted, it sucks you lose the fourth pick, but you're this player away, and, like, Frank Gore could help you win the championship. So whatever reason, I forget, you know. It was the, over
0: two years, it was a little over two years. Yeah. Because it, was before, it right. was before the draft. Like, it was for that fantasy season, hey. It was like week two or something. I'll give you my first this year for Frank Gore. And I was like, well, yeah, you know, Frank Gore's getting old. He's, his days are numbered. So that's, those are two good examples of like the different spectrums, how the first can work. You know, your first round pick. And I took Monty Ball second overall. I took Le'Veon Bell fourth overall. Monty Ball is running back, dynasty running back like 40. (laughs) Le'Veon Bell is running back, dynasty running back number one. Yeah. So again, you just have to be smart with your first round picks and each team is different, but sometimes like, again, if you're close, don't be afraid to dangle out your first round pick out there. You know, if you can get a quality player, even if you, so if you do have those older players, like say you have Andre Johnson, you know, Hey, I'll give you my first and Andre Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins. It's, it's a, I bet you can find some people out there would do that trade.
1: I say that again,
0: a first and Andre Johnson. I'm talking about like, the value of those older players. because right. The best way to get rid of those older players is to package them in deals. Yeah, Because obviously nobody's going to give you anything straight up for Andre Johnson. You're not getting much. You know, I'd be happy with a second. But at the same time, I'd rather have Andre, Andre Johnson than a second-round pick. If I'm, if I'm even close to competing, that is.
1: Right. Obviously. you got to take that in consideration.
0: If you play old up, you take what you can get. But yeah. again, that first-round pick coming close to draft day, and you get closer to draft days, like as we're all sitting here talking rookies for the next couple months, everybody gets infatuated with these rookies. They're all going to be sweet. They're all going to be superstars. They're going to be pro bowlers. They're all going to win us multiple championships. We talk about it all the time. You, uh, everybody comes away with their, from their rookie draft going, man, whew, I just killed it. Man. Oh, absolutely. I just killed it. Dynasty in the making. Where it, it's a good time to sell first-round pick. That's why I always say, hey, the best time to make trades is draft day, man. Not before the draft, not after the draft, but right around draft day. Everybody
1: wants a certain player.
0: Everybody wants them. You, you'll see, always see the most trades like in our leagues go down draft day. Right. That's where all the trades go down because they see someone like, oh, I, I can actually get this guy slipped, and this somebody's mind like, oh, this guy slipped a couple spots. Right. Man, Devin Smith. Ooh, he slipped uh, a little bit. Right. I just he's yeah. the next Odell Beckham. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll trade, and, then, and everybody's always willing to overpay a little bit more on draft day. That's why I got suckered in that Jordy Nelson trade. Because I wanted, I wanted Eddie Lacy forever. And I was yeah. working on him all summer. I was like, dude, I want that number two pick. I want that, you, know, cause you took Gio Bernard. I know right. Gio was going first. Yeah. I was like, I got to get Eddie Lacy. And this is why I'll never go back and always stick to my original rankings. Because I wanted to take Eddie Lacy over Bonnie Ball. Yeah. The whole time until, until the draft. We went to Denver. Yeah, because, yeah exactly. And it changed my mind. I shouldn't have let that And happen. they took
1: Franklin, too.
0: And, and it took Franklin. And it, it was Eddie Lacy's toe, but. So I'm working. on working at him, and then the whole time he's like, "I'm not making the trade. I'm not making the trade." But then he he worked me, man. Because then come draft day, he's like, "Hey, you still want that number two pick?" And I'm like, "Oh boy, do I ever!" Yeah, right. <laughs> and he's like, "Give me Jordy Nelson." And at the time, I was like, "I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I should make it." I made, you know, I went around to other legal owners. Hey, man, what do you think about this trade? Blah blah. I'll do it. I'll do the trade. I'll do the trade. And again, because I. I fell victim of that. I was all anti. I saw the glitz and glamour of Monty Ball coming in there and Peyton Manning being a right. 1,500-yard rookie rusher.
1: Yeah. you. Yeah, you envisioned the headlines in the newspaper. I'm
0: dreaming big. Right. I'm seeing the stars. I'm seeing the fame. I'm seeing the, the dynasty cash is falling down on top right. of me while I hold my trophy high. That balloon popped real quick, didn't it? Yeah, uh, it did, man. Shame on me.
1: I'll tell you what. Just random. This is just off subject. On subject, but a few minutes ago
0: how you're on top wait, on top the old subject
1: yeah old subject going back
0: to the x okay all right. like five
1: like five minutes ago we were talking about frank gore and i just so happened to be looking at his stats you know okay. a little interesting for for is perceived as bad as he did last year in my mind like you know he had one thousand one hundred six rushing yards i actually had to look that up twice because like this site <laughs> can't be right i didn't
0: <laughs> trust it Remember he had that late-season push, too. He had 1,100 rushing yards last year? Yeah,
1: and I'll tell you what. There's only twice in his career that he didn't have a 1,000 yards, and that was 2010, and he only played uh, 11 games, and then his rookie year, he only started one game. He had 608 yards.
0: Wow. Isn't that nuts? That is nuts. Yeah. So for a guy that has no value, if you can get somebody like him for, like, a, mm-hmm. a fourth-round pick and, like, an older, like, Reggie Wayne, who is almost equally no value to it's worth a gamble just if he does come back and play.
1: Right. You know, it just depends. Yeah. Cause you, you might be able to get him for like really nothing. nothing. And, and if it works out great. And if it doesn't, so what do you, so you gave up a late round draft. pick. Yeah. Whoopty do.
0: Give up Crockett Gilmore. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it could pan out. Uh, that, that's just really, that's
0: shocking. I like that. 1100 yards. Yeah. I wonder where that ranks for the year. It has to be pretty good. Right. It sounds like everybody's rushing for a thousand yards over there. Um so, but you
1: know, like we said at the at the I, I remember saying this forever when we were uh, assessing um uh, Carlos Hyde. I mean, dude, Frank Gore is a pros pro. You know what I mean? So someone that's like coming to the end of the end of the road, he's gonna sign somewhere. Just could be something you could get for like seriously on the ultimate cheap. Yeah.
0: What and what do through? you
1: and what are you really giving up? What? Like Crockett Gilmore. Yeah.
0: And what if he signs like a one year deal for New England? Right. I mean, that's like a Bill Belichick guy right there, Frank Gore. All Hell that, yeah, right?
1: I'll do. Yeah.
0: Or if he, or if he, no, it's a good, it's another good spot for him. Arizona. Isn't is where all running backs go to pass? They yard. all go
1: to <laughs> die in Arizona, man. <laughs> but,
0: but like he's like he's like a perfect complement to like Andre Ellington. Like we were talking before, like to- yes, he exactly. Need bru- he, they need that bruiser back. They could like draft a guy later, and then have Frank Gore on a one year deal with Andre Ellington. That'd be a good spot.
1: I mean, I can't imagine Gore rushing for over a thousand yards again. But man, oh man, dude, but he trained me. Guess he re-
0: yeah, I didn't. Even, I watched him play I this year. I would have said, he'd right? Get to over I would have said,
1: yeah, exactly. It's just one of those perception
0: things. i think like, I rushed for like seven hundred yards a bit, right? Yeah, that's see. what I would.
1: Yeah, that's what I would have guessed. Six to seven hundred yards. Wow, we're stupid. Yeah, we are, man. Frank Gore is one of my boys. I like him.
0: When, uh, I wish I, I wish now before we could, like, put that on Twitter. Like how many how many yards is offhand Not like anybody obviously looking up? Oh, all,
1: well, let me guess. A uh, thousand <laughs> six, one
0: thousand one hundred six. Yeah. <laughs> no, somebody be like one thousand one hundred three. Right. Who could guess? You were so close. Like I cheated. Yeah. I mean Google. Yeah, right. that's a, that's a good that's a good set. But that shows the fa- that still shows like some of these old guys this where age puts this image in your head. Him and Andre Johnson both then had really good years. Yeah, and you would think that none of them had good years. Exactly. So, like some of these guys, like receiver wise, obviously you have Reggie Wayne. He's pretty. And good.
1: just coincidentally speaking, Frank Gore, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson. Off from to you. Oh, yeah, still studs, Hall
0: of Famers. Last ones actually come out of the good Right. <laughs> Even though I do like Duke Johnson from C. Yeah. From I think he's. I think he's up there, man. I think he's like he's right good. right now. Yeah. He's my running back four of the rookies. Yeah,
1: it's about a fair That's assessment. I
0: him, right, I have Gurley.
1: I can't wait till they start showing highlights and you get to see a stiff arm. It's badass.
0: Badass. Oh you? yeah, it's Is it's like, legit. Punch out stiff Yeah,
1: kind of. It's Ooh, pretty sweet. That. Yeah. That's
0: what I love about Marshawn Lynch, he just runs so powerful and shoves guys aside. I love. I love. Guys but Duke Small, you know what
1: I'm saying? Like Marshawn's a beast, right? Duke Johnson's Peace doesn't, me. yeah, he's not like
0: that. So, no. so
1: it's quite impressive. I wonder how that translates to the pros.
0: Probably not as well.
1: Yeah, probably not. But still, But
0: I like his game. I mean, yeah? I like I have him, you know, because I have Gurley now. And I have Gordon, J A Yeah, whatever. Miss of his name every time, right? And then it's kind of awkward. Duke Johnson. That's where I have. it. That's my top four. Okay. And then if you if you mix somebody else in there like a Tevin Coleman or something that you like, it's okay. Yeah. You know, and then I have. I still some my creep up a little bit. I'm still a big TJ Yeldon fan. And I'm still finding ways to put him ahead, yeah, of Duke Johnson and stuff. But just right now, like early assessment, like I just feel like oh, I don't nah. really have Duke Johnson. Yeah,
1: he's better than TJ
0: Yeldon. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like I just want to like he's that guy that I like TJ Yeldon is a guy that I want to kind of like step out on a limb on. You know what I mean? Like I think like TJ Yeldon has a chance to be one of the best running backs in his class, which of course he does. And it's not like I'm de-
1: like it, that would okay like for example that wouldn't shock me no per se it's not
0: a huge limb I'm going on
1: no but it's not it's probably not going to happen I mean I think uh, you know I mean you could argue Derrick Henry's the better running back down there you know and I'm sure probably he is he's he, well he's he's like legitimate he,
0: he's like he's taking over the moniker beast mode when Lynch comes out because that guy's right. a freaking monster right
1: man. so but but if if Yeldon somehow I mean he you know he's coming from he's got a a great background, you know, coming from Good a great pedigree. school. So like, yeah, if he was the ended up being the best back somehow, some way, would, I, I would not be shocked at all, but he, like, I wouldn't, and I don't think this would change. I just, there's no way he's ahead of Duke Johnson.
0: Well, you're, you just love Miami.
1: I think that's a fair thing. I would never draft Duke Johnson first. No. I mean, I think, you know, right around fourth is legitimate. But
0: I think there's a chance that TJ Yeldon could be better than Melvin Gordon. A slim chance, but uh, still I a think chance. there's a lot of
1: hate for Melvin Gordon right now because, like...
0: Wisconsin. Because of one... Like, uh, out of Everything. stuff that
1: you should never take into account. Yeah. I, I, I don't think you should ever take into account... Maybe... I, okay, I won't say ever because I think there is certain scenarios possibly. But, like, just saying, like, oh... Alabama never has good quarterback. So
0: I'm not taking
1: this guy. Well,
0: that's a that's stupid dumb. Ohio state's never put out a good quarterback. Now look at Cardell Jones might has the potential to be the number one overall pick.
1: Right. You know, cause like certain guys, you, you, it's a, it's a case by case scenario. If you don't think that that guy's going to be good for whatever reason. Okay, cool. But don't, don't, blame the system don't say yeah melvin gordon's not going to be good because ron dane didn't live up to expectations
0: so because of like uh that's just, the article just Ball, posted,
1: I, I just i don't buy got,
0: the article that we posted got a little bit of hate because people said the same thing they're like hey you're making your assessments because of uh melvin gordon's not good yet because ron dane wasn't good and you know all these wisconsin running backs melvin gordon's really really good he's Really, he's I just think there's like an overabundance. think explosive, yeah, he catches the ball,
1: he can score at any time,
0: anytime he touches the ball. And he's got that like Jamal Charles kind of like esque to him, right?
1: I yeah, just like okay, so I, I would just say, hey, if you take him, there's maybe a touch more risk involved, maybe you know what I mean? Um, versus taking uh Todd Gurley or something, you know, or Duke yeah. Johnson, whatever the case may be, whoever you want to use. But I just, man, that, to me, and, you know, no offense to whoever wrote that article, because I did, I did, I think it was that, was a Benton
0: that wrote no, that? No, there was a brand new uh, person that just started submitting, uh, John Dubai De, De, or something can came around to his last yeah. name. Which, you know, but, and I told him, Everyone's I Everyone's like, hey, got their own opinion We still posted it because that's his opinion. I, and it wasn't, well,
1: it's, it's not, that's not, I, I just, me personally, I just Disagree with it. I disagree yeah. with it. Everyone's got their own opinion. No that's one's going to agree. That's
0: why I tell all the people that write for Dynasty Nerds, hey. Yeah. It don't worry about like what you want people to hear, write your opinion. Like we just want to put everybody's opinion out there. That's what we like to do on the site. Like we don't try to, you know, well, force our opinion on it. If you like our opinion, read our art, read my articles, you know, but read them all just to get somebody else's opinion. Cause if, even if you take just one little nugget out of that article away and it helps you then job well done. And if you disagree with them, you know, usually when you disagree with somebody, you start looking up more facts to kind of go away with that and you get more information too right and and i bet i bet
1: if you took 100 people 50 would agree with what he's saying and 50 would agree what i'm saying you know so
0: i just say to me right you're like well yeah everybody's ever come out is bad right and it's a system it's a system yards on everybody right for him like melvin gordon's not just somebody you look at the yards you actually look at him play right and you're like wow he's explosive right remember when jamal charles came out that was the year of uh, chris johnson i believe Mm -hmm. okay uh Jerry McFadden. I
1: can't like remember offhand. I, I mean, I'll like, just take Jerry your McFadden,
0: word for it. Uh Jonathan Stewart. I think that was that draft. Okay. And if I look back, Jamal Charles wasn't one because he was the same thing. He, he had a slimmer build. Yeah. He's kind of like Melvin Gordon. Right. At Texas. That's what he kind of was. You know, that's what that's who Melvin Gordon reminds me of. Like Charles, you know, Jamal Charles. In now, Jamal Charles was the first round rookie pick, but at the time, I think he went somewhere right around like five, six, somewhere that it was after McFadden. It was after Jonathan Stewart. I think it was after James Hardy, the receiver at Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, but this gives you an example. Like, everybody's always going to be weary of those guys. Same thing for, like, LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy went fourth. He went behind Beanie he, Wells, No. Moreno and Donald uh, Brown. And Donald Brown. Yeah,
1: but LaShawn McCoy wasn't that. I don't think that's the same scenario. I just think everybody in that draft liked their particular guys. Yeah. You know well, what I'm saying? Like, I think that the top three.
0: Some people would have taken McCoy you think, in other leagues?
1: At the time? uh, No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, like, he didn't go late because of um, people having a perceived system issue like with, like, maybe Valvin Gordon. Yeah. I think that's a totally different scenario. I'm just
0: talking about size back. That's I got you. Like, a lot of those guys, just like that that type of back.
1: I thought you were were alluding to a system. Oh, no. Uh, Those are all of us
0: Wisconsin guys. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, I'm just talking about, like, You'll 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 see a lot of those smaller backs like that always kind of like slip a little bit in the draft, and they always get a little bit more hate because it's kind of like it's just a harder chance for them to win because they their game's designed to do something sp- specific, and the ones that really pan out are the ones that can catch the ball and be shifty and be three down backs like you know Jamal Charles, mm-hmm. a little Sean McCoy's. But I mean, yeah, I guess I mean since we're talking about Melvin Gordon here a little bit, I'm still he's still my number two back.
1: Yeah, but there's there seems to be an abundance right now of hate, don't you think?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of hate out there for him.
1: Or okay, let's say he's trending down. We are, you know what I mean? Like people are, yeah.
0: people are really being picky at him and making the case against him. Like, well, yeah, based
1: would. off of what other people have done in the past, and I, for me, I just don't think that that's a fair assessment.
0: Again, it all depends where somebody goes, man. It all really does. I mean, if. It's one team go if they're a timeshare back or they go somewhere they have the opportunity to get all three carries, you know what I mean? It helps it helps out tremendously. That's why the draft is really what it kinda gets us to where we need to be with the rookies. Right now it's talent wise, but it's not just talents also need opportunity as well. I mean talent trumps all but still you still gotta get an opportunity.
1: So Yeah, I mean that's totally true. So I mean hey, anytime someone rushes for two thousand five hundred eighty seven yards and 29 friggin' touchdowns, I'm interested. Very interested. <laughs> I mean, I just,
0: hello? Kevin Smith. we play to win.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, that's just, that's ridiculous.
0: And that's another thing, too. I was gonna wait till the next podcast to get in this one, and maybe we still will. Oh, I another, we play to win the league.
1: Right, we don't play to just, like,
0: make. I've got six awesome wide receivers. Well, you know what, buddy? You only start three. So it's right. awesome that you do. Right. Some people get so, and here, you're talking about like self-assessing your roster. Some people get so built up on depth, like what you need, which is important. But you have to use that quality depth and you got to turn it into talent. You have to make that turn. You got to turn it into something because your roster can look as nice as you want it to. But the key is to win championships. You know what I mean? That's that's the key. So, if you win two championships in a row, that's a pretty successful story in my eyes. Yeah, absolutely. And if you got to trade some stuff to get away, if you got to get a little bit of depth. Again,
1: well, if you're if you're a player away or two players away or, or you know, from competing or whatever, you have to trade your depth to get the spot you're in at ina- you the the spot you're inadequate at and no team's perfect. You're always going to need help somewhere. Yeah. There's no matter how perfect your team is, you're always looking to upgrade a certain spot. so But you have to, you have to give to get, yep. right? And so, and just a little piece of advice, because we were just talking about this before the show, nothing more annoying. When you offer trades to people, I'm sure this is like fantasy football 101, but man, oh man, I don't know how many times people ask. The reason I am bringing this up, where you see these trades that people ask you on Twitter or through the private message or whatever. Uh, when you're offering a trade, to so on A, start low. Yeah. It, they say no big friggin' deal but then also offer that team something that benefits them you know what i'm saying yeah like well, if if they but, got just because you you know say they have like three quarterbacks obviously they don't want another quarterback just because that. i know you
0: are going with that T's in the next week mike's about to make right. a really good point because we did talk about this for the show and i want to save this for next week's episode all right i'll hold trade it on. in trade in, like trade in we're going to get right. in the trade in next week so but I know what you're gonna say, so okay, I'll save it. Teaser there, what Mike's gonna say next week? Talk about, about trades and it, and it, it, it's how to make a good trade. And Mike, Mike, pretty much, he's about to hit it on the head here. So we'll wait till uh, next week to get in that. But yes,
1: it's like a to be continued. Two be, I gave you like half of it. Dot, dot,
0: dot, dot, dot. Tune in next week.
1: Do they, do they barely do 2B Continues. Remember when we were a kid, like on those sitcoms, like the Cosby Show or Family Ties, there'd always be the 2B Continued episodes? You're right,
0: there is no more 2B Continues. They don't do that
1: stuff anymore. You'd be like, dang, I was just getting into it. You know, it'd, be, it'd come up to like, you know, if it was an 8 o'clock show, it'd be like 8.25. You're like, there's no way they're wrapping this up. What's going to happen? What's happening? And then. Does
0: Alf eat the cat or not?
1: Right. And then 2B. Alf was a king of 2B continued.
0: 2B. Con- right. Full House had a lot of 2B continued. That was a great show. Saved by the Bell had a lot of 2B continued. One of the best. Uh, Fresh Prince had a couple saved
1: 2B Yeah? B they did? But yeah.
0: All those good. Like all those sitcoms back in the day always had a 2B continued to get you buzzing, you to see what you're going to talk about. Right. Nobody does a 2B continued anymore. Anyway. Yeah. I
1: wonder why that is. But I don't really watch too many sitcoms. So maybe if they do, I just don't ever run. I, I don't I run. I'm kind
0: of the sitcom game.
1: Yeah, but I, I I picture they don't do that anymore.
0: What's your go to show?
1: Um, I mean, obviously my favorite is Game of Thrones, man. Oh, I love that show. Best show. But like right now, since out of season, me and the wife like watching uh, Top Chef. I don't That's, know why. I, I don't watch that.
0: any reality TV.
1: Um, I don't actually. It is reality TV. Like granted, 100. And I feel as though, even though I can't physically eat their food i feel like i know which guy's the good cook and not
0: i don't know why that is. like it that guy good.
1: he's not a good cook no way. <laughs> i have no idea why that is but.
0: the only uh the only reality tv i got into is when i first met my wife she got me into it and i'm not using this as an excuse i do watch it now with interest it mm-hmm. american idol
1: yeah I'm not into it
0: yeah it's it, it... It's not even really like, I don't know why.
1: Like, I could almost see like maybe like five, six, seven, eight years ago if you said that, but like now I can't, I'd never hear anyone ever talking about it.
0: It's just weird too because we do like, as a, when a season, act, when the show actually like starts, like the real stuff starts, Yeah. we find ourselves fast forwarding through a lot. Yeah. Like, the, like, we just like the whole process of getting to that point, I guess, my right. wife and I.
1: That's the same thing with Top Shop.
0: I guess you know I mean,
1: you, you whittle it down
0: to each your own. If you're yeah. a, if you to be like oh you watch American Idol it's so lame I'm like okay yeah you're right, kind of right probably yeah, yeah it's kind of lame it's yeah. lame but so but you're right. Shows. Game of Thrones is number one on there right now for me. Right. Walking Dead I love. Uh, we're watching. I'm looking forward watching to a Wire right now.
1: And yeah, I thought that was overrated. I know I'm in the minority. It's good. Wasn't a fan.
0: I'm only on season two.
1: But I know I'm I know I'm wrong because everyone says I'm wrong. But I just wasn't a fan of that show. I'm looking forward to. Uh, uh, House of Cards show, sweet. That's
0: our next show we're diving into.
1: Yeah, we love binge watching. Yeah, that's we a good a show.
0: Chance. As we just jump off, it's Fantasy like a little more here. Yeah, fan- hey, when you wrap up a show, we gotta get a little. T- you know, we don't ever talk TV on here. What we like? What do you guys like? Right. I don't mean, need never we day with tweets. But you gotta watch this. You have to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm open.
1: I'm open to uh, shows. I kind of like those drama shows, or you know, maybe not drama is not the right word, but the the shows that continue to always. Go on. Yeah. Non sitcom ish yeah. shows.
0: Like a, a long movie is what you like. Right. I like that too. I'll tell you
1: what, one of the, yeah, I know we'll wrap this up, but the one kind of sitcom that I'll catch every now and then, I think anytime I watch it, I, and I very, I always laugh out loud. No, I don't laugh out loud. I laugh internally, you know, but I think stuff's funny, but I never laugh out loud. I laugh inside. Okay. But this show will make me laugh out loud is, um, uh, is it a, what's the show is it family oh, it's
0: hilarious uh, modern Family. modern
1: family love that
0: show favorite comedy out
1: dude that's so funny the gay dude is fu- oh he's so friggin' hilarious yeah, oh my god i love
0: it i love the guy passion. cracks
1: me up anytime you have
0: al bundy in it too i mean we right. my wife and I we have those i have those box sets too because as soon as uh i was like oh i have to give this a chance it's got al bundy in it you know? right and we've loved it ever i mean everything even a kid you know, oh, uh, they're all great. It's just great. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's my favorite. That's like the only, and honestly, it's the only comedy show I watch. Yeah. Period. That's the yeah. only one I watch.
1: I just catch those on reruns. It's the one, when, when I do, I, I always seem to laugh out loud. And I was like, oh, why don't I watch this show?
0: And it, it does uh, make me laugh out loud, too. Right. And, to, and I'm not an real, out loud Real life, though. LOL. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my, wife, then my, my wife's looking at me because like, why are you laughing like that? And I'm like, I thought that was so
1: funny. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's our TV talk. Yeah. And, so and that's our old player talk. So you could go and kind of go the infuse with
1: some young rookie talk.
0: Yeah, and some draft talk. Yeah, Next a little week, bit of hodgepodge
1: potpourri. Next week,
0: we'll get into uh, trading some players. All right, cool. We'll get into uh, some other things. I'm sure we'll talk fantasy football, dynasty fantasy football.
1: Yeah, and we'll be honest; these are fillers to the uh, to the real meat and potatoes of the rookie after the combine, hey man, man. When so, you
0: run fifty two weeks a year,
1: gotta come up with something to talk about.
0: You need something to talk about. And I think we just did a great job. You know. Filling about fifty minutes worth of dynasty. After talk this there.
1: episode, I'll pat you on the back.
0: I love pats on the back. This one's too right. hard. So there you go. That's assessing your team, right there. I, I, and we didn't really like get into it like super deep. But obviously, if you have any questions, hop on DynastyNerds.com. dot uh, Hit us up on Twitter. I mean, hit, hit me up at DynastyRich. rich. Yeah, I'm
1: at dynasty Nerd Mike. You know what's kind of cool? I like the private messages, man. You know why? Because like you can't tweet enough. <laughs> There's not enough characters, man, in Twitter. I love Twitter and I do like the simplicity of it, but when I want to respond like in depth, I can't and I can, pound the direct messages back and I had,
0: forth yeah i had, sometimes i had like I, it's funny how so many times i'll be on twitter and i'm looking at it and i'm like all right what do i what word can i delete here to yes make this i fit? hate like, that but makes it but does not make me sound like i don't i, I my i want to get your
1: po- right you want to get your point across like i personally like the simplicity of twitter when i'm reading and catching up on news uh, i love the 140 characters yes it's ruined my reading or my Reading abilities. <laughs> However, like when I'm responding to someone, a direct message is cool because I can like hammer out like four or five messages yes, in a row without seeming annoying. Yeah, exactly. And like fully, I, I'm a stickler. I always I don't like abbreviations. I like using full words. I don't know why. It's so weird. when you
0: Twitter, you have yeah. <laughs> right. It's, you, you don't want to sound ghetto. But like when you say in you just put the "n" in. Yeah, you know, I just don't like. like that. I always make those judgment. Can I could write, I can write it like this, but then I'm gonna look like I'm like ghetto on Twitter.
1: Right or non-educated.
0: That's or, what I or always Or not think. educated, Maybe, yeah. Because
1: I do have a college degree. I not want to put that in there. <laughs> like, I'm smart. I'm
0: educated. <laughs>
1: I'm educated.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, can, I, have a, I, have a, I have enough Twitter followers. I don't want to look stupid in front of a couple thousand people. Right. Like, unfollow.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know what? So, Tell
0: your friends to follow me on Twitter, too.
1: Man, if you have any questions, man, I'm always willing to yeah. hash it out on the, on the side. What so. do you
0: think it is? Like, obviously, for, like, the Dynasty community, everyone wants more followers, obviously. But at the same point, it's like, okay, I mean...
1: No, it's cool. I, you know, like I, I feel like you know, once the season gets going, or once the rookies start, you know, to when it after the combine, it'll be a little bit better to tweet stuff that, tweet that's that's more out. relevant, you know, because it's really, I, I feel like everybody that probably follows us is pretty hip to who's, you know, the the known guys. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah. Right. Well, I'll be, I'll be live tweeting the con- about the combine right for the next couple of weeks. So, and
1: I think like you know the group of dudes that hit me up. About trades and talking about their teams, it's cool. We have good conversations. Oh, so. I,
0: oh No, that aspect i let, what I love about Twitter. I love like to be able like, like Benton. He's a writer for us. Yeah, Benton McDonald. Mm-hmm. You follow him at Big Mac eighty two. I think it's the last one's on there. But he writes for us too. Like, I've never even spoken to Benton on the phone, but we email and write each other privately on Twitter like all the time. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like it's like we're boys. Yeah, never met him, never talked to him. That's what's sweet about Twitter. Right. You know I mean, you, you get out there and you have the same interest and same thing. If you love to talk Dynasty football and your boys don't want to talk about Dynasty football, hit us up on Twitter.
1: Well, that's a funny thing, I think. And I, I promise this is my last thing, even though we've been trying to wrap up for like 10 minutes. It's funny, the difference between Facebook and Twitter, and it's kind of an old analogy. I stole this from someone years ago, but Facebook makes me hate all my friends that I've known my whole life. Yes. Twitter makes me love people I've never met ever. You know that's what I'm great. saying? You know what sure. I mean?
0: I hope everybody listened all the way through the episode for that because that's a good one.
1: Isn't that true?
0: That's true, really good. Yeah, the
1: truest statement ever. I hate everybody on Facebook. Just about. Yeah, I really do. I had to block and delete and all this. Sh-
0: oh, I blocked <laughs> multiple people. Oh, on I was like shut up. Oh, I I can't hate delete them because I want to hear. It. It's my buddy's wife. I don't want to right. hear about it.
1: Exactly. I just
0: block. And then my wife. I never knew about that until the wife introduced me. Why don't you just block them you know, forever? I
1: was just deleting friends like. Uh, yeah, I don't I won't even get into it here. We'll talk <laughs> on the side. But yeah, anyways, Twitter's great. Yeah, Twitter
0: so. is great. God bless Twitter. Twitter right. pays some money.
1: One of the uh top inventions since 2000 in my mind. Me too. Top it's, 3. I'm addicted.
0: Yeah, it's one of my it is. I'm literally I try not to miss a single thing on Twitter. Yeah. I'm on, on my personal Twitter account. Like my I use like my in handle. I use like the you know talk dynasty. Yeah, and I don't really scroll through. I like put stuff like I I I have enough followers where I'll put a topic out that I kind of want to talk about. Yeah, and then interact with people that way. Right, Where I can't go through. I don't go through the timeline as much. Yeah, and where my Twitter account, so that's why I use for like all my news. Yeah, that's, that's my that's my news channel eight right there.
1: To me, the iPhone's like the greatest invention. Twitter's in the top three. You know, since two thousand. You know what I mean? It's great.
0: My number one invention of all time that my favorite thing in the world is the fan. The fan.
1: The fan. A fan. Like a just box nozzle,
0: fan? yeah. Well, I don't have a box fan. I have I've upgraded. I've had a career now. I can I can afford beyond a box That's fan. That's the
1: best invention of all time. Get here. I,
0: I honestly couldn't tell you. I have no living memory of not sleeping with a fan on. That's how much it means to me. Like I just I just, it's so important for me to go to sleep. I need that fan. And I'm sure I'm That's sure know know thousands of people that listen to the show, they're, they're I'd say fifteen percent of them sleep with a fan on at night. No way. Tweet at us. All
1: right. If you got this far and didn't shut us off,
0: tweet at me if you sleep with just yeah. Just put ha- hashtag sleep fan. How about Not that? Not happening. Hashtag sleep fan. I'm gonna give somebody a T-shirt on that one. All right. All right, guys. Until next week, we've uh, this is what happens in midseason. You start talking about fans and Breaking Bad, and right, even though we talk about Breaking Bad, yeah. <laughs> best show ever. All right, guys. Well, until next week, have a good one. All right. See you. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insights. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.